global crisis. Bible prophecy. Health and preparedness. You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch. Father in heaven, we pray now for your presence with us as we take a look at news events and try to understand the signs of the times in which we live. And we pray for a deeper love for Jesus, a greater admiration for your word and the prophecies. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch, and we've got another 30-minute news broadcast because, my friends, we are living in incredible and amazing and awesome times, tumultuous times indeed. I'm sure you know that last Friday, it was quite a economic event in addition to probably the biggest single political event in Great Britain's history since World War II. And that, of course, was the vote to leave the European Union. But the economic event that hit, you know, I mentioned on the broadcast last Friday that this this was having major stock market effects upon The world. Well, last Friday, there were $2 trillion of stock values that vanished. The world's 400 richest people lost $127 billion. 400 people lost $127 billion. Now, these numbers are so catastrophically high, it's hard to even explain, but let me just put it this way. This was the single biggest loss in dollar terms of equities values in history. Worse than the 2008 collapse crisis. I mean, we're looking at almost every major financial institution being forced to declare that they're providing emergency liquidity to stabilize the global economy. And the fears of further conflagrations only were fueled by the other folks coming out from France and Italy and the Netherlands and elsewhere saying, hey, maybe we'll leave too, (laughs) leave the European Union. Now, these events won't transpire in a matter of days or even weeks. And indeed, the fate of the British separation from the European Union is yet to be determined in terms of the speed with which and the terms over which they will separate. But you have a lot going on geopolitically as well as economically. And I have to say this, the establishment power elite is not happy. And so about about the European Union starting to crumble. You know, I, I celebrate the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. You know, whether you like or dislike this or that movement in, in politics isn't, isn't so much the story here. It's Bible prophecy is fulfilled. Daniel 2 said that there would not be a reconstituting of a singular super state empire in Europe. And if you're, you're going, what did he just say? Visit BibleProphecyTruth.com. Study Bible prophecy, and you'll see in Daniel 2, it predicts all the subsequent empires that would take place after Daniel's day, and then it says that the final one, Rome, would not be conquered but would be divided, and that's exactly what happened, 
and that it would remain divided until the second coming of Christ. And that is exactly what has happened. Over the years, they've tried to unite, but it hasn't worked. So students of the Bible have been able to predict that this European Union experiment would not continue to grow into a unified singular state. But the powers of this age, uh, which the Bible says are coming to nothing, the rulers of this world, I, I would say expect everything bad that happens to be blamed on the Brexit, on the, um, the, the British exit from the European Union. And indeed, you, you will see crisis events and in, in, in a further challenging of the status quo. Bad things will happen. It will be blamed on this Brexit because they want to regroup and say, well, you know what? It's this nationalist movement and these populist movements that are spreading like a virus and a cancer across the world. And we must unite and have our new world order. See all these bad things that are happening. In fact, they pulled out all the stops to prevent this sort of thing. You may not be aware of the fact that elections, by and large throughout history, have not always had the integrity that you might hope and expect and anticipate and believe. Even in free countries. Just for just a few examples, and these are some of the things that came out. Who knows what goes on behind closed doors? I'm not going to be naive enough to believe that a, an election, a referendum that's going to have this many hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars on the line is not going to have any shenanigans happening, but just a few things that happened. They, 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 they were pro- prohibited by law from having a campaigning taking place at the polling places. Because you don't want to sway people, you know, right, as they're just walking in and intimidate them or whatever. So that's a, you know, a prudent thing. Just let people go vote. Campaigning's over. But uh, certain polling stations actually were were permitting flyers to be, in, to be handed out in favor of stay in the European Union. But while they were voting, this goes back to this past Thursday, this is still current relevant news right now, but um, they, the, the people that would be wearing t-shirts for leave the European Union at the polling place, they were barred from the location. So you see the, um, the, the bias there in terms of the election officials, in, in many cases also, taking down English flags, the British flag, from the polling places because they say, well, you know, that might bias people in favor of stay or in favor of leave the European Union. The idea that we might actually still have a nation in England might be a problem there. Now, of course, this was a, uh, you know, handwritten hand uh, paper ballot referendum election. And interestingly, I found this to be, you know, this this is uh, the kind of thing you got to keep your eye on to realize, you know, truth is stranger than fiction sometimes in the world that we perceive we live in, that we learn about in civics class, where everything is fair and honest and integrity. Uh, we live in a fallen world where the devil is roaming around as the deceiver and the father of lies. So when when I heard all of these things, you know, about the unfairness going on and how it, it appeared that there was a concerted effort to try to lean these votes toward the remain in the European Union camp. But just another one, there was a pencil-only vote. You only could vote with a pencil. Now, the paper ballots could just as well be filled out with a pen or with a marker, and but, but they permitted pencils only. Well, people started to question that and say, wait a minute, a pencil mark can be erased and changed. In fact, there was one video that was leaked of an election official appearing to be literally just erasing and, and remarking. Uh, it, it's not certain. The, the jury's still out on that, but it's certainly possible with 
pencil markings to just change them, right? Well, so the election commission came out and said, okay, it's fine for you to use pens or markers if you'd like to do that to make sure your vote won't get tampered with. But then they were they continued to ban the pen, the pens and the markers and insist on pencils only in many places, even though the rule had been changed so that people could use a permanent permanent marker or pen. But anyway, that's the European Union Brexit British news. Very important, very relevant because of the economic implications that it's bringing in the short term. Uh, this this big you know crash that happened on Friday. I don't anticipate that that's necessarily going to you know be the immediate catalyst of something something massive. It could because then again you know bad things will happen and it'll be blamed on the Brexit and that will be a you know sort of a, a manufactured crisis. In fact, I've got some news on that where you've got top global elitists at the IM uh, the, the International Monetary Fund IMF and elsewhere where they openly talk about how you know to 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 get their agreements in place and to get their their um unions formed that you need to you need an event as they call it you need a crisis event for this type of thing so who knows where this is going to go next there's no reason why this you know should be an economic catastrophe the fact that Britain has has made this vote uh it will take some adjustments or there will be some economic transitions but i i was surprised to see the the sheer magnitude of the the stock market crash that happened globally, the biggest in history in a single day. Um, So we'll keep our eye on that. We'll see where that's going. I mean, certainly the fundamentals economically with the emerging markets and the debt crisis and the bubbles in China and everything, what I've been talking about on the broadcast since last fall, that's all still in place. And we still should anticipate a global economic slowdown. And you've got the billionaires of the world and a bunch of other people really running for the exits and, 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 you know, saying this is a really big crisis coming our way. Who knows what it's going to look like? They've been able to hold on. And you know, we have an almighty God in heaven and he sets up kings and deposes them and he creates worlds with, with the breath of his mouth and with the words that he speaks. He can create animals with by just saying, let there be. And there they are and in the whole world. And he's got four angels, uh, symbolically speaking in Revelation 6, at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of strife. So yes, we see crises emerging all around us, and and we're in interesting time. It's it, it times. It is heating up. It is intensifying for sure. Objectively, whether it's the natural disasters, economics, cultural collapse, the diseases, pestilences, everything the Bible talked about, the, the collapse of the family. I mean, you name it. All of this is happening. But now is our time, and the Lord is saying. While it is still called today, harden not your hearts as they did in the rebellion. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. And so now is the time, while these angels are holding back the winds of strife, the final major crises that are about to burst upon the earth at any moment. And that could be some catalyst that's unexpected. We don't know what's going to happen next in this very fragile world. And that's not to develop a sense of fear. No, the Bible says perfect love drives out all fear. We should never have fear at all for the events that are coming. The Bible says that when you see these things happening, you know that the end is near. And so lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. That means Jesus is coming soon on the clouds of heaven. So this is an exciting, positive message. It's it's kind of strange. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a paradox that uh, all of these terrible things that are happening are, are, are you know, it's kind of like you know, birth pangs, right? They're terrible. They're horrible. They're painful. But at the end of that, there's going to be something beautiful. And we anticipate that. 
Speaking of the signs of the times, California wildfire explodes to 29 square miles. And massive flooding this past weekend, of course, in West Virginia. This is a one in a thousand year event. Massive flooding, dozens dead, the worst flooding in the state's history. Other news headlines. I found this one just to be a uh, boy. Do we live in an interesting world where, uh, you know, they say politics makes strange bedfellows, kind of a weird phrase they use. To, but the USA Today reports LGBT gun rights group sees membership skyrocket after Orlando shooting. So folks from opposite sides of that spectrum, the gun rights gang and the LGBT crowd, these two different groups that you would have thought ne- never the twain shall meet. Here here you see after the tragic shooting in Orlando, homosexuals and all these folks that 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 were not armed at this bar, at this um this this club where the where the massacre happened, they're starting to question, "Hey, maybe Maybe we um, haven't given these uh, Second Amendment advocates uh, a fair shake. Maybe we are actually have more in common with them than we thought. So just an interesting news headline there. Now, this is the biggest, most exciting news of the day. Homeschool Legal Defense Association reports Mike Donnelly, director of Global Out- Outreach, that the Bodneriu family in Norway who had had their children taken away from them because the parents were Christians and disciplined their children and their children would insist on Christian ideas even in the public school they would believe them they have been reunited I'm going to get back into this after the break to financially support this broadcast visit 11thHourDispatch.com or write to us at 11333 Bacchus Road Lakeview, Michigan 48850 Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Romans 12 verse 2 tells us that there is an effort to conform our minds to the worldly pattern. And where is this mind manipulation agenda more effective than through the 21st century media and entertainment? MTV founder Robert Pittman famously stated, At MTV, we don't just shoot for the 14-year-olds, we own them. It's time to wake up, folks. At every church I speak at, folks say the same thing. Scott, why didn't anybody tell us this before? So, folks, grab a pencil and write this down. Media on the Brain. It's a six-DVD series that will arm you with the vital information on the undeniable effects of entertainment media and how to break free. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. And we're back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch, and the website is 11thHourDispatch.com. I'm thrilled about this family that made news headlines all over the globe in Norway, a nation that is, uh, you know, Western Europe, not very friendly to home education, and the family as an independent, autonomous unit. You know, in the United States, we kind of take for granted the idea that 
the family has has their own little little sovereignty about them and that that what the lord asks you to do as parents you do in the home and you don't ask the state you don't run that by the curriculum of the public school this is what the bible says and we will do it um, but in many places in the world the family is not so well protected and this uh, this is one example in norway the badneru family became the focus of global activism when norwegian authorities removed all five children from their home in november 2015 citing the parents christian beliefs and the fact that they occasionally spanked their children According to an official statement on the Bodneriu family's website, the municipality of Norway has now come to terms with Marius and Ruth, the parents, for the return of their four children who remained in state custody. The youngest child, nine-month-old Ezekiel, had already been returned to his parents in April. Citing a lawyer for the family, the Federalist, the publication called The Federalist, reported that the positive outcome occurred after County Social Welfare Board hinted that it would likely rule against the officials who had removed the children. So you had this board saying, you know, what, what, what gives here? Why were these children actually removed from their home? This is, this is not right. So they went ahead and complied with what they knew the ruling was about to be, and the children would return home by mid-June, the article said. Mike Donnelly, HSLDA's director of global Out- outreach, traveled to Norway in April to meet with the Badneriyus and speak at a rally in support of the family. He joined with activists from around the globe in protesting this travesty committed by the social services agency called the Bernevernet. Uh, that's their, their child services agency. And which, by the way, these, these child protective services in, in America and in, in Western Europe and all around the globe many times will do good things, right? They will, they will protect a child from a, a terribly abusive situation. And, you know, there are, there are criminals out there, right? And, and you have to have law enforcement. And the Bible talks about that in Romans 13. It says that the, that the king bears the sword, right? And so you've got order, law and order being imposed many times by a just you know, uh, law enforcement agency of some kind. But unfortunately, many times, like in this case that we're looking at here with the Bodneriu family, all they had done was be Christians and their children would insist in their school on, on Christian ideals and they like to sing hymns and, and this got them taken away from their parents because, well, there was a, there was a, a, a rumor that they had been spanked and that their grandmother believed that God punishes the wicked. And it's like, wait a minute. You know, these are just kind of basic Western civilization things that have been around for thousands of years, hundreds of years for certain. And, um, well, it's not in vogue in this postmodern world. Apparently, we're supposed to uh, grant all beliefs equal value and validity, which actually the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child actually says that. It says that children have a right to pursue their own truth and worldview and, and, and understanding of the world, even seeking out media sources on their own. I'm going, ah, no, that that is not a right in my household for the children just to pursue whatever they want in the media. I don't think so. So, um, you know, sometimes when it comes to the law, it's really law in name only. It's lawlessness to say we will overrule the prerogative of parents in the home to teach their children according to their values. Of course, within reason, you know, this isn't some sort of, you know, permitting of of parents to abuse their children, but to teach them their religious beliefs is part of freedom of conscience in the First Amendment. 
But back to this article, the Bodneriu case shows that people working together can make a difference, said Mike Donnelly of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. He says this is a positive resolution for this family, but there are many other families who continue to suffer from unjust action by this and similar agencies. And Homeschool Legal Defense Association appreciates the involvement of all who played a part in bringing this terrible ordeal for this family to a hopeful end. You know, this kind of story for me, when I was reading this back in November and reporting on this in the news, as a parent, I mean, this kind of thing just literally uh, makes me shudder. It just, it, it just, I just recoil when I hear stories like this. Their children were gone for, for what, seven months from the home in state custody because of, of nothing. You know, of course, you'd rather have... Children who are being abused and in a terrible, terrible situation in the custody of, of a protective agency. But in cases like this, in many cases, even in our own country, this is going on where unjustly children are being are being taken. Families are being harassed. And, and we'll keep keep our eye on this kind of news item and keep our ear to the ground. And and if you ever have any news tips, just just. Head over to 11thHourDispatch.com. Let us know what you're seeing. Give us some links, news headlines, and we'll incorporate that into the broadcast because the family is the most important religious institution in the world. This is where God has ordained that children learn the first lessons of obedience and love of God and the truth of the Word of God. And so the family is ultra important in God's eyes and in God's kingdom. Shifting gears into this article out of Quartz, Facebook is predicting, this was, this was quite something to me, Facebook is predicting the end of the written word on its platform. In five years' time, Facebook will be definitely mobile. It will be probably all video, said Nicola Mendelssohn, who heads up Facebook's operations in Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. And she said this at a conference in London. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's CEO, had already noted that the video, that video will be more and more important on the Facebook platform, but this lady Mendelssohn went further, suggesting that the stats show that the written word would become all but obsolete, replaced by moving images and speech. The best way to tell stories in this world, she says, where so much information is coming at us, actually is video. It conveys so much more information in a much quicker period, she says, so actually the trend helps us to digest much more information. Now, of course, we are in the information age, right? That's what we call this time in which we live, the information age, which I, I was thinking about that. We are swimming in information. We have an uh, overload, a, a, a just a surplus of information. And so it's the information age. It's the fact-gathering age. It's not the thinking age. Because sometimes these two don't go hand in hand, and when the teeter-totter is up on one end, it's down on the other. And what I mean by that is, there was a study recently that I reported on, on this broadcast, that when you read off of screens, and you're used to clicking tabs and clicking links and skimming articles and reading headlines and reading sub-headlines, what, 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 what they found in the research was that you actually read more shallowly. You don't get context, perspective, deeper meaning. You you can collect facts more quickly than you do on paper, but when you read that very same text on paper, they, they, they did a study where people read on paper the very same thing that they read on screens. And when, when you read it on paper, you get more deep thinking happening because our brains aren't accustomed to be just jumping around. 
you read through the paragraph. You gather the meaning. You consider it. You think about it. There's not a, a pop-up interrupting you. There's not ads on the side or another tab that you got to jump to or you realize you're, an email just came in. You know, it's when you're reading in a book, it's just you and the book, right? And your thoughts and the Lord. And, and, and there you are pondering deeply. That's a lost art in our fast-paced age. So think about that one for a moment. Breitbart reports, Washington, D.C., Hillary Clinton received a classified intelligence report stating that the Obama administration was actively supporting al-Qaeda in Iraq, the terrorist group that became the Islamic State. Yes, you heard that right. I know that sounds like an alarming statement, but again, the world we live in today, there's always more than meets the eye. And whenever I think, boy, how much worse could it get? Or, man, there seems to be some corruption and strange goings on in the high levels of power in our world. It's always stranger than I originally thought. Yes, the White House was actively supporting, supporting Al-Qaeda in Iraq, according to this memo that was released by Judicial Watch. Judicial Watch is a uh, watchdog agency. They, they do freedom of information requests, FOIA requests to get information from the government that, that they have to release by law. And this is what's come out of this latest, uh, this latest um, release. This latest leak, if you will, although it wasn't a leak, it was just a a legally uh, Freedom of Information Act requested document. It was a memo that made clear that al-Qaeda in Iraq was speaking through Mohammed al-Adnanai, who is now the senior spokesman for ISIS. Western and Gulf states were supporting the terrorist group to try to overthrow Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad. So the Syrian dictator, the government of Syria, was not in 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 good good uh, graces with the west with with the united states and so they said we we want to see this guy go so let's fund and support his opposition who happened to be sunni radical muslims by and large al-nusra is what they were called in syria but what this memo comes out and shows is that they were actually working with al-qaeda in iraq which is which is isis this is what it was called before it was isis in, in August 2012, this, quote, secret classified memo, was marked as secret, was sent to various top Obama administration officials and agencies, including the State Department and Hillary Clinton's office personally. The document is an AIR, an Intelligence Information Report, said Christopher J. Farrell, who serves on the board of directors of Judicial Watch, which obtained the document. According to him, he says it is produced by somebody within the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA. It is reporting from the field by an intelligence agent. So this is somebody on the ground in the Middle East, knows what's going on. Maybe it's a government agent. Maybe it's a source. Maybe it's a, a CIA asset. Who knows who this, this person is? But they're giving this information, secret classified memo, to the White House saying, hey, did you realize that, that, that we are supporting... Al-Qaeda in Iraq. Well, and it continued. It's a, it's a report from the field back to headquarters with some intelligence that somebody is willing to bet their career on, said Farrell of the Judicial Watch organization. I'll read to you from the memo, okay? It says, quote, the general situation, colon. And then it's got point A, B, and C. A, internally, events are taking a clear sectarian direction. B, the Salafist, the Muslim Brotherhood, and Aki are the major driving forces, the, the major forces driving the insurgency in Syria. So you've got radical Islamic sects of very, various kinds. Aki means Al-Qaeda in Iraq. This is ISIS. They are the ones that were driving the insurgency in Syria. This was known, and these 
groups were being supported by the West. And then he goes on and says, the West, Gulf countries, and Turkey support the opposition, while Russia, China, and Iran support the regime. This is why Russia came in last fall, started bombing the smithereens out of ISIS, and we see this amazing chessboard in our world of strange alliances that you never would have thought in the war on terror that the United States government would be funding radical Sunni Wahhabist al-Qaeda groups. I'll tell you something. I'm so glad that my citizenship is in heaven, and I'm so glad that we can be having our have our allegiance to what we're going to celebrate next week, the Declaration of Independence and the United States of America, true red, white, and blue, and what that really means. And yeah, there's corruption that goes on, but we can fix our eyes on the true principles, most of all, of Jesus Christ himself. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Listen to this. We try to make our music so loose and hard hitting so that it hits your soul hard enough to make it open. Very serious warning from insiders saying, this is what we're doing. We're making our music hard hitting so it opens your soul. And of course, Timothy Leary said, the music is designed to blow your mind and suspend your conditioned reflexes deconditioning. It's trying to get you into an altered state of consciousness. Hypnotic. The way in which sound affects the human organisms are myriad and subtle. Once your mind is open, once your soul is open, once you're under this hypnotic sort of experience, he says we can indoctrinate you. Dr. Michael Ballum, a musicologist, explains it this way. The human mind shuts down after three or four repetitions of a rhythm or a melody or a harmonic progression. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.